And you're welcome along to Season 3, Episode 31 of LOI Weekly with Johnny Ward and Daniel McDonnell, who is on Skype this morning. It's an exciting time for Irish football after the victory of the 21s and also the very good results that the senior team have gotten. And we have the results in of the FAI Cup semi-final draw, which likely pits Rovers against Dundalk in the final, or does it not? We have Shane Dawson in this morning making his debut, part of a... The kind of the, the little triangle of classy footballers in the north inner city. Jack Byrne, Wes Houlihan, Troy, Troy Parrott and Shane Dawson. That's actually the triangle. You're yeah. kind of in, in the Well, background. I'm a goalkeeper, so I, I wouldn't even class myself as a footballer. You did a lovely interview with Jack, which we'll play later on. We'll have Decky Devine. And uh, we've plenty to get through on the show. But the Jack Byrne interview did, did really well online. And I hate that term. It's done well for us yeah. online and all that. But it is getting a lot of traction. No, it is. It is good content, as they say. Um, like he was just—he's so down to earth, and he's so genuine and humble, and just so easy to chat to. Um, you know, he—he's no no airs or graces about him, and that's what you want. And I suppose it's—you know—it's—it's it's welcoming to to be able to chat to someone or to interview someone like that, and for him to just be honest with you, and for him to be real with his answers. There's no stock answers with him, you know. So. Long may that continue. If there's a few more lads coming through that will be open and honest like that, happy days. Yeah, Shane is obviously a big uh, Shelburne fan. Uh, I'll be at the Drogheda Shells game, so we're going to have a good chat about that later on, and we will hear from Decky Devine as well, who is also talking to Shane. But before all of that, here is what Jack Byrne had to say to Shane uh, on Wednesday, launching Air's uh, coverage of the new season ahead. And here is Jack right now. Jack Byrne. 500th international to play for the Republic of Ireland senior team, the 64th Rovers player to play for Ireland. A night of records. Have you come down from that high in that buzz yet? Um, I'm trying my best to be fair, like, but obviously really proud and uh, you know, to be the 500th uh, player to be captain as well. You know, it could have came on. James Collins comes on 501. Obviously, everyone's talking about the, the 500 player to be captain. It's, a, it's, a, it's an unbelievable. Um, honour for me and uh, you know it's just been a mad mad couple of days and uh, I'm, I'm buzzing to be fair still buzzing <laughs> What did Mick say to you after because you know you got the assist you were involved in the third goal as well all in all not a bad night's work Yeah he just said well done he said uh, he, he just gave me advice he said you know keep going um, things in the game he thought he could have done better as well and um you know, he, he uh, he's. I'm very grateful to him because he's given me the opportunity um, to go out and play. And you know, nobody can take that away from me now. I have a cap from my country, proudest day in my life. Do you know what I mean? So uh, he obviously gave me the opportunity. So you know, very grateful. And uh, he just said, "Well done after the game." <laughs> you know, I think I think he could see how much it meant to me. Like. A lot has been said about Mick, you know, wanting you to play further forward. I was at the post-match press conference last night, and he said if he sees you collecting the ball off the two centre halves, he's going to give you a kick up the arse. So is that is that the message uh, all the time? I think it was just tongue in cheek, wasn't it? He was just saying it as a, as whatever. But I know the areas he wants me to play, and I know where he thinks we can affect the game, and and uh, you know where we can be most influential on the game. So. Look, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's saying it to me to help me and uh, try and make me better. So whatever he's saying to me, I'm going to listen and um, try and take on board because he's a lot more experienced than me and uh, he's the Republic of Ireland manager for a reason. Like, you know? So whatever he says, I'll try and listen and, and take on board. And if he wants to see me play higher up the pitch, then I'll try and do that. Like, especially if I'm playing in his team and that's what he wants me to do, then I'll do it if he wants me to play. Uh, wherever, and um, if he gives me instructions going out on the pitch, then you try and follow them to the to the best of your ability. Like a great cameo role last night, but do you feel you can realistically break into this Irish team now for the qualifiers? I don't know. It's uh, it's not for me to say. It's just for me to when I'm given an opportunity to go out and, and try and do well. And uh, look, I'm not going to have nights like last night uh, all the time. It's not going to be you know that's a one one uh, once in a lifetime opportunity. Um, to go out and make a debut and the buzz you have going out and the excitement and uh, I understand it's you know maybe for someone like Glen Whelan last night they're not getting the same same kind of buzz off that game but you know it's it's an indescribable feeling I had last night and I know not every game is going to be like that but when I'm given an opportunity uh, well hopefully in the future if we get another opportunity then hopefully I can try and just do as well as I can and just give them a headache. You said last night that the jersey was back in the your mask gaff. Has it found a, a right, rightful home? Uh, 
now it's still it's still in my mask half yeah so uh, it'll go up on the wall somewhere I'm sure and uh, ah, look it's a it's an unbelievable feeling and uh, I'd, I'd, I'd probably want to put the jersey somewhere even if I wanted to put the jersey somewhere she wouldn't let me take it out of the gaff so it is one of those isn't it <laughs> touching on that like your mother Jackie how big an influence has she been on your family been since you've come back and played for Rovers yeah to be fair like uh I think everybody knows, you know, I lost my father when I was 11. So my ma has been a unbelievable part of my career. And, um, you know, it was, it was quite low last year. I wasn't playing as much as I wanted. The, the year before that, all of them didn't go the way that I thought, you know, the move would have went. Um, and it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't great, to be honest. And she she uh, she was the driving force behind bringing me home and, and um, you know, getting myself back happy and playing football. And, you know, last night um, was for her, you know, my dad and, and the rest of my family. So, you know, it's a, it was just a, a, an unbelievable night, to be fair. And, you know, I, I, I owe it all to them, like. Dan, what did you make of that? What did you make of Jack uh, on Tuesday night? Yeah, I mean, look, Jack Jack always speaks quite well. Um, I, I thought Jack was great on Tuesday night. I mean, I'm not, I'm not really surprised he did well. Um... I know a lot of people, and it's natural that you have to focus in on the opposition. I mean, you know, sometimes we, we talk about it international level as though it's, it's this remarkable, this remarkable thing that in somehow, like somehow, like you know, this player who plays in the League of Ireland will come on and, and somehow be overawed by uh, this, 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 this sort of unattainable standard, which is often exaggerated, really. Um, you know, I, I would always argue that it's, with, with the international football, it's often the it's the scrutiny and the profile and and the attention that comes with it as much as the actual quality of the play. And the fact is, anyone who saw Jack Byrne play against Bran and against uh, Apollon Limassol. Uh, and how he handled those games, which were probably more intense, really, to be honest, than, than Tuesday night, uh, just like didn't have the symbolism of playing for your country. Uh, they probably knew he would be fine. And, um, you know, some of the sort of analysis of Jack afterwards, it, it would suggest that he hasn't played in a in a proper game like that before. Where he's, he's probably had more testing games this year. And as people who follow League of Ireland will know that, like, you know, Jack's like at, at times, and I think he might even say so himself, that maybe, like, you know, some say the Bows games and, and, and those matches hasn't necessarily, like, he's found it more difficult than he found that, you know? Um, and, and he was very comfortable. But, I mean, the point is, like it's a, you know I've seen a lot of players make their debuts for Ireland in recent years and 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 they have loads of ability and they get complete stage fright when the moment comes and and that didn't happen he, he does look like he, he he belongs and certainly now really uh, I, I you know there's always always a feeling that uh, that that when the League of Ireland player is called it's a token gesture and that's a mindset that's probably embedded with people and you know there have there have been times when I think that's been a very fair analysis of what's been going on and. I'm not so sure that Mick McCarthy was that convinced about Jack Byrne's ability at the start of the year. Um, I'm not sure if he was sure of his ability a couple of weeks ago. Um, I mean, he very definitively said that, you know, well, Alan Judge is better than, than Jack Byrne and, and Danny Crowley, which it's, it's unusual that a manager will come out and say it so definitively, like one option I have is better than another option, you know, in the squad that's in your, that's in your thoughts. So it wouldn't be like him to come out and say, I, I believe that, uh, I don't know, James Collins is better than, Shane Long say or whatever you know like that, that's not something that would be used but I think there was a, a massive doubt there about Jack but I think the way in which he coped with the occasion the other day shows that yeah mm. like he'll be in the next squad on merit there's mm. no doubt that he's there on merit not as a not as a gesture to anyone uh, WWS Worldwide Saints um, he was a good friend of mine passed away I think it could be 13 years ago now um, but his brother Ozzy Ryan uh, 1500 likes for his tweet Jack Byrne showing his lack of experience at this level for Ireland by continually pointing at his feet and calling for the ball chain yeah he demanded it and he didn't look out of place and you know as Dan touched on there there has been a lot of cases where League of Ireland players come up in their token gestures but I think we're getting to a stage now where it's he should be Jack Byrne not Sean McRover's Jack Byrne or the League of Ireland's Jack Byrne he's just Jack Byrne an Irish player a player that deserves to be playing at this level and players like a player that is good enough to be playing at this level and we saw that like I mean he's got the assist he had a smashing pass to Ennis Stevens for the third goal as well so he's involved but it's just that hunger and you know I was at the match and I was watching him closely and it's you just the, he was your player cam he was he was my player cam uh, along with the goalkeepers you know <laughs> goalkeeper reference in there but 
you know, showing that hunger and desire and just wherever he was on the pitch, just screaming at people to give him the ball and look to just lay it off and to be that kind of link man. And there's people comparing him to, you know, there's slight comparisons to Wesson and stuff, but just let him be him and let him let him play his game. You know, I think Mick said after as well, if he sees him collecting the the ball after two centre halves, he wants to kick him up the arse because he wants him playing f- further forward. And that's where he can, he can flourish and that's where he can try. Just give him that bit of freedom um, to really show what he's he's capable of. The the irony of that that comment by Mick Dan is that Jack showed um, a willingness to get on the ball that rightly or wrongly, um you look at Glenn Whelan basically pointing to um his his players to basically point to left and right, get the ball away from me. We actually don't really have midfielders that playing for Ireland that that do what Jack did the other night in my view. Yeah, I, I do think though, like we we have to dial in a small bit too. I mean, like Glenn Whelan's as is a deep lying midfielder, you know, who last week was probably exposed at times by space created by others actually leaving him, mm. you know, unprotected against a much better side. So like, you know, I don't like that. That doesn't help Jack. Like sometimes, mm. and and I do sort of agree with what Shane says that like I think to change a mindset. We sort of have to just get into the habit of just talking about these people like normal squad members, and it's an issue I would have in the past. That like I know Jack was the 500th uh, senior international, but I know there's a lovely video of Jack coming on and stuff. But I almost think like well, there should be a video of James Collins coming on as well, like in the sense that um, I remember when 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 Andy Boyle and Horgan were in the squad before a lot of FDI social media stuff of here's their here's their shirts in the dressing room, here's their training gear. And there was almost like... Um, there was almost like... A, well, no, no, there was a there was a line underneath it of, well, they say we don't do much for the League of Ireland, but look look at the fuss that we're making about these lads now. And I think, I think also as well, there is an emotional thing as well that, like, naturally, like, the League of Ireland fan can be very put upon. Uh, I do have this niggling sense. I mean, I, I you know, I, I feel it myself at times. I mean, Jack Byrne has been playing in Dublin all year. Like, like people shouldn't should be able to trust their eyes and not need Jack to do well in an international match to realise he's a good player and to want to go and watch him. You know, Absolutely. like yeah, he has been available, but and and I I do feel that and there's people like you who commentate and speak about football and 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 love football or or might even go to shows and 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 pay in to to watch journalists talking about football and like you know. Uh, Liberty Hall and the Sugar Club and all these places and they they mightn't go and pay to watch Jack Byrne in their own town and I think that's mad right mm. but at the same time at the same time like uh, I think over egging praise because we want Jack to, to be treated seriously it almost it can have a negative impact and people start going oh well, what has Glenn Whelan done or what is you know what does Jeff Henrik do or what do these players do I mean like they've played in the Premier League, you know, for a long period of time. They've had exceptional careers, and I think it was interesting. Like Wes Brown was speaking at that air event yesterday, and I see his quotes are in the papers today. Um, and Wes talking about Jack, you know, when he was at Blackburn, that he always had the ability, um, but maybe like at times he was too, you know, was he too overconfident in some people's eyes, or you know, managers wouldn't trust him. And I think that's the more relevant point here is that why hasn't Jack, to a degree, uh, pushed on and 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 thrived in his career and it's 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 possibly because there is a, a mindset with managers about not trusting that type of player and that's where the comparison yeah. with Wes comes in so it's about what his attributes are not so much about where he plays and stuff like that and like I think like yeah I understand the, why the League of Ireland fan will go overboard and, and really praise what he did the other night but it does, sometimes doesn't help him too because I think it sort of gets the managers it gets I think it winds up the, the senior managers as well and stuff like yeah. that so it's almost a sense of Jack did very well celebrated but like just let him as almost as Shane said there let's let's hope that almost next month that he's just treated as a normal squad member exactly the people yeah. are having a discussion like who will come on in this game because he won't start yeah. the games next month like I don't think that's that's realistic at all but the people like well he should bring in Jack Byrne and not needing to have this massive debate about his club status and where he plays just judge judge his ability and I will go back to like you know I remember Stephen Kenny making the point um last year when he was still the dock manager that you know just be international football is very different sometimes to, to club football and just because you haven't played x amount of games doesn't mean you can't make an impact 
Yeah. Um, but but just at the same time, I think it doesn't help. I know it's well intentioned, but it mightn't help sometimes Jack to go overboard and start, you know, slating other players who've had very good careers to sort of sort of make a point. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I don't think there's necessarily slating, but it was just it was nice to see him constantly demanding the ball. I think one thing you will say about the League of Ireland is as Shane's interview showed that he him coming home to Dublin, being at home with his family, um, just made him into probably a better footballer because he's happier on the pitch. And also, Shamrock Rovers gave him the license to play where he wanted, whereas if he went to England. Um, who knows how it would have worked out for him but you mentioned managers getting angry at stuff um, and you had an article kind of about the um, Mick McCarthy situation they've just been asked about Stephen Kenny and that um, I think we both watched the 21s game and Dan I was I've never been as excited about Irish football as I am at this moment after watching that game and you know you maybe are reading too much into it but I don't think I'm reading too much into it Ireland went to Sweden second season of the group absolutely dominated the game, dominated the ball, uh, didn't even start Troy Parrott, only came on with sort of 35 minutes to go or so, won 3-1, um, and three League of Ireland players start as well, two of them very technically uh, good players, including Mandrew. Um, I don't know, how excited are you about this, and and you know how good was it for Irish football, I suppose, that performance? Yeah, I mean, I'll go back to my point before, it was 11 good players start, and not just picking out the League of Ireland lads, you know, like it's, it's, like it's, uh, it's a really good team and it's a really good generation and like a lot of people take credit for that because um, it, there's a real homegrown flavour to the team as well and probably what Stephen Kenny has brought in like he obviously has this ability to you know in, to, to to encourage players to express themselves and use the ability that they have and also there's probably been a fast tracking of players through the age groups that may not have happened before where there might have been a more rigid structure at 21's level uh, and probably an emphasis on recruitment at 21's level that maybe uh, didn't didn't necessarily allow the talent that was there at times to 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 show itself, you know? So um, like a lot of people deserve credit. It's a well-coached team and it's a well-produced team um, of players, you know, produced from different parts of the country. So, um yeah, like it's it's great. I mean, again, I, I I'm almost in a sense of because there's this desire for the Stephen Kenny thing to work, and that you, you there's almost a sense of like uh, just to keep it in perspective a small bit. But I mean, I was watching the game, going, "This is this is fantastic," you know, like this is really good. Um, um, you, you need good players to execute that. But I thought that the actual collective team display, the fact that they went one behind. Um, missed a penalty and kept coming back. The fact that it won all, they they sensed that they were good enough to go for it and they kept going for it and they kept trying to play. That was the best part about it for me. Um, and yeah, I mean they had more possession, they had more chances against a team that that um, you know they they've good pedigrees that you know that Sweden team. I think quite a few of them have played first team football. So it's great. I mean, I the, the, the dynamic around like the twenty ones doing well. And that being brought up at senior press conferences is deeply uncomfortable. Um, and it's clear that Mick McCarthy is, is uncomfortable with it. Now, he did accept the job on these terms. So he knew that, that, was, that this was coming down the tracks. Uh, and I don't know, maybe has the, the success of the 21s team to a degree. Like, um, I don't know, did they feel maybe, has that surprised people? It's made it more awkward in a strange way. You would think that it should make it better that the two teams are doing well. But actually, it just makes the discussion around it that, bit more uneasy um but that that's 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 the gig like that's where we are um like <clears throat> selfishly uh i know there's a discussion about calling some of the players up to the senior team i mean selfishly stephen kenny won't want that of course you know he 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 would be hoping that mick stays pragmatically that these games are for the tried and trusted which is his belief and that means that 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 kenny gets to work with these players next month but now it is it's like it, it's 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 encouraging um uh, just like you know they are still young players playing at age group football and it is still a different animal to, to step up but you can see where, where the clubs where someone are knocking on the doors of Premier League level of teenagers so it's hard not to be really encouraged and, and enthused by it and also you know you, you would think that some kind of rapport is being struck up collectively as a group that means that when Kenny does take over next year that you know he, he's hopefully arriving at the right time with some of these players yeah and we saw how much uh, Troy Parrott um, expressed his love for this country on Instagram over the last few days his message you've expressed your love by taking a few days off in beautiful Killarney so we, we should wrap up with you but before that the cup draw um, interesting the big two obviously kept apart but Shamrock Rovers could have done without a trip to Dalymount as well I would have argued 
Well, I mean, Bowes have to beat Crumlin first, right? So mm. you've given Crumlin their team talk, and you've also given Bowes then their team talk if they do, because you've started talking about the Dundalk Rovers final already, and that's also doing Sligo Rovers team talk as well too. So, like, you know, I wouldn't jump too far down the tracks with all of these things. Like, uh, uh, you would imagine that it will end up with that Bowes Rovers semi final, um, but you know, just give due respect to Crumlin that they can that. That like uh, in many respects, like the excitement or the enthusiasm or the sort of prospect of playing Rovers means the Bows really have a lot to lose going into that Cromwell match. So it's a sort of a perfect scenario for the underdogs to to try and capitalise on it. But um, if it does come to that, um, that would be a great occasion. But also, as touched on earlier in the year, a deeply frustrating occasion because you're going to have a game, a League of Ireland match, where actually now I think you probably could have four times as many people there if you had enough tickets to satisfy them. And, like, turning away a 1,000 people from the game is frustrating, but turning away, you know, double, you know, maybe double the attendance, maybe more realistically. Mm. I think, you, you know, it's not that long. Was it 2001 where Bowes played Rovers in a cup semi with, like, seven, 8,000 people at the game? Um, I think certainly, you well, know... it will be sold out in Tala anyway. Yeah, so, it, you know, it'll make it... The ticket, It'll be uh, hard to come by if, if if that game does happen. But like I don't know, it just it just bugs me that it would be that it would be that way. Mm. Um, but but um, for the for the organisers, like uh, you know, they might have liked the idea of a of a of a of a Bowes Rovers final. I th- I would have thought actually like you know the the Rovers Bowes semi and, and Tala would have been perfect really as an occasion. In fact, it's in Daily Mount and I mean let's just remember Rovers did finally get their win over Bowes recently. But it was in Tala. And, and it, it was, wasn't convincing either. And it, Yeah, exactly. It wasn't convincing. And going to Daily Mount, uh, if, it, if that's what happens, in a semi-final when Rover's season is very much reliant, I think, you know, on the cup, whereas actually, um, you know, from, the, from, a, from a situation where, where you know, where, where Bowes, if, if they were to get through that and then Dock got through the other semi-finals, then, like... Uh, you know, Bowes would be in a situation nearly where if they lose the cup final, fourth would still be enough for Europe, if you get me. So, mm. like, there could be a lot of pressure off them in terms of their achievements for the year. So, it's it's great. Like, I mean, I think it builds up for the competition. And, like, Sligo Rovers as well. Um, they were beaten comfortably enough by Dundalk, you know, a couple of weeks ago. But they have beaten them there at home this season. And yeah. the, game a couple, the game a couple of weeks ago, I think Ronan Collin pulled out a bit late. Um, wouldn't rule Sligo out at all because they're they, you know their eyes are very much on the prize here as well and that the sh- showgrounds would be like, rocking yeah absolutely too great to be too like if, if if it does come to pass that it's Bowes Rovers like you'll have a, I'm not sure what the division will be it'll probably become clear you know across the Friday and the Sunday but they will be two great two great cup semi finals um, I know uh, I think there's a you know it's just it's got the potential to be uh, a proper uh, a proper cup weekend that. Like with proper promotion and organisation, there should be like a link, a momentum between the two games. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's good. I mean, I must say, like you know, it's it's funny, like how it how it's flipped. I mean, like you know, Dundalk are winning games so easily at the moment, um, and obviously they got the EA Sports Cup semi final on on Saturday. That like there is potentially something very special building for that Dundalk team almost out of nothing, you know, mm. in the sense that, like, they, they haven't been getting massive amounts of, like, there hasn't been huge publicity or what they're doing because there was so much eyes on their and expectations in Europe, but, like, their domestic record has been sensational. Um, and it's possible they might just be picking up speed at a very important time of the season. So, yeah, and, like, even the fact that Jack Burton's going to be involved in, his, in the semi-final, and you would hope that off the back of Jack being in the Ireland squad that, that there is more eyes sort of tuning into what he's doing. So um, I'm sure Jack in the Aviva in November will be very good for his own ambitions as well. Thanks very much, Dan. Enjoy your little uh, mini break. See you, lads. Enjoy. Cheers, Dan. To quote uh, Polonius in Hamlet, brevity is the soul of my wit or not when it comes to Daniel. He said he'd be very sh- he's short, but um, it's very hard to shut the man up on football. Um, and in fairness, I, I do give respect to Crumlin. Um, I am kind of writing their obituary already, um, albeit with the knowledge that giant killing just doesn't really seem to happen that much anymore in the cup, probably because of... I think it's been played in Richmond Park as well. If they yeah. had got it in Crumlin, which was never yeah. realistic, but if I had got it in Pierce Park or something like that, yeah, it might have given them a bit more of an edge. But yeah, I, I like, I, I, I'd love to see. 
I'd love to see Crumlin on the one hand like cause a shock, but I'd also I can love to see a Bowes Rovers semi final. And I'm not writing off Sligo Rovers at all. Obviously, I think Sligo will give if they can. Like I've been a little bit disappointed, Shane, that Dundalk have just kind of. Like obviously you want a title race, and the dog have just kind of steam, steamrolled teams. Yeah. But Dan did mention there. I should bring this up. He mentioned like promotion of the games and all that. Like the FAI Cup to me, there were officially less than a thousand people at the Watford uh, Dundalk game on on Monday night, which is an absolute disgrace. It was, yeah. it was a cup quarter final. How people in Watford would not a want to see Dundalk and b not want to see their team get into the cup semi final and possibly the Viva Stadium. Um, I know things aren't great in Watford, but like I thought that was pretty bloody depressing actually. To be honest, the other results were. Um, Galway won Sh- Sh- Shamrock Rovers 2 the official attendance there was something like 1560 everyone in the press room thought there were a lot more at the game than that but um, obviously that was the official attendance great atmosphere and um, we'll have a chat about that as well um, Sligo 4 UCD nil. Um, disappointingly one sided game there really we should be having better games between two Premier Division teams at this stage of the season and in the league uh, Dundalk won Cork nil. Harps won St. Patrick's 2, first win for Stevie O'Donnell there, and uh, that, that was a big, big win in terms of the uh, relegation battle, um, in terms of Harps. Um, briefly on the on the 21s, um, what have you made of it? I mean, I don't know if you saw the game, but it, it was I was just flabbergasted yeah. by it, really, in ways, without really knowing how good Sweden are, but at least their second season in the group. Yeah, no, it, it was great, and I mean, the hype's justified now. But I think as well, Dan may have mentioned there, there's a lot of goodwill for Stephen Kenny. People want Stephen Kenny to do well. And I think because we've had such negative press and it's been so grim Irish football as a whole over the past few years that anything posit- positive we were going to just latch on to and be, this is fantastic. So you don't want to over-egg it in that sense that, you know, you don't want to get ahead of yourselves, but it is good. And as much as there's quality and there's skill in this group of lads, there's passion. And there's emotion. And you saw all the scenes, uh, the FEI put it up on Twitter as well, of, of all the celebration stuff. You know, you see someone like Jason Malumbi. I interviewed Jason Malumbi after the Luxembourg match and after the Armenia match. And he was talking all about oh, how good it is and how vibrant it is. But then off camera as well, is like, what's the story? Like, is, is it really this good? He's like, there's a genuine love for it. And there's, you know, there's a togetherness as well. And these are 17-year-olds, 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds. They are young, younger than, you know, in natural under 21 say but they've come together and they just love playing for the shirt and that's what you want and listen I may be a bit too emotive and too old school you just want 11 lads to play for the shirt but that's what you do want absolutely you know screw that and again like I mean um, a lot of people are a lot of players maybe not at under level a lot of players are getting a little bit indifferent you look at to international football you look at Shakiri obviously in his situation yeah. and um, Dan's article today um, it was the final act of what's turned out to be an encouraging week um for the Irish teams of both senior and under 21 level but Mick McCarthy still ended up leaving the Aviva Stadium press conference on a slightly tetchy note having answered with the firm no when asked again if there was any chance of his handover being kicked further down the road his handover to Stephen Kenny I don't know why people are asking him about this I, if I like maybe they're looking for a headline but you sense Mick's uneasy about this and grant, granted you're being a journalist but I want to ask him about bringing Troy Parrott bringing uh, Connolly maybe bringing Malumpy into the senior squad that's all that interests me yeah. Stephen Kenny's taken over as Ireland manager when Mick is gone end of um, end of that's it and uh, he's enough to be dealing with Mick's doing a good job in terms of our results and the style of football it is what it is but I think Parrot and Connolly should be in the team yeah. or should be in the in the squad but at the very least he did reference that that he would yeah. have selected Connolly possibly Malumbi mm. um, I'm not sure if he did mention Parrot but he, sure he was selecting the extended mm. squad anyway if it wasn't for the under 21s having a qualifier so I think the quote was you know, giving, giving credence for that that he could have but he didn't so there are players, and I agree with you that, you know, what's the harm in trying to throw them in, but you don't want to rush them as well. I think Troy Parra, not to just paraphrase Mick McCarthy all the time, but he needs to play senior football for Spurs. I think he needs to get into the first team. He, need, he needs to... I totally disagree. Really? Like, I, I want to be... Uh, can anyone actually see a footballer by looking at a game and looking at the player playing rather than, oh, I want to see him playing for Spurs? I mean, I, I want to see him this. level. If we're playing Georgia, I expect us to struggle in Georgia. Yeah. If we need an option off the bench at 20 minutes ago, I'd prefer Troy Parrott and Connolly to be one of to be two of those options rather than what we have, which going into the last game was four strikers who'd never even scored for Ireland. Yeah. Parrott's finishing against Sweden was off the charts. Absolutely. He's had two, one and a half games for Ireland, 21s, against decent opposition. He scored three goals. 
Jones. He's already second in choice to, to Kane, according Kane. to Pochettino. I don't give a crap what age so, he is. So I he, don't give a crap what his experience is. So has is. he leapfrogged James Collins because of performances with the 21s? He should definitely be an option, at the very least. He's a better player, a more talented player than any of these, in my mind. I mean, unless everyone who's talked about him is wrong, he's got a quality about him that I haven't seen, and he should at least be an option. And trying to suggest, we've three games left to get into a tournament that is partly played in Dublin, and to, to try to suggest that if he plays in Georgia for half an hour, that'll kind of stymie or be a stumbling block to his development is complete crap in my view I know he's developing the 21s but all the underage is basically with a view to playing for Ireland seniors that's all yeah. it doesn't really matter what you do it's about getting like and the structures in place and all that but um, there is a risk but at the same time nothing to lose what are you, if, if you're throwing him in but you don't even need to bring him off the bench we may but we're playing three games and we're going to be odds against to win all those games yeah. we're on track to qualify but we've an awful long way to go we've been outplayed against the two big teams as you'd expect in both games Um Getting to the FEI Cup, I love this draw, to be honest, though. Yeah. I do. As Dan said, I kind of wish Rovers and um, Bowes and Tala, but Daily Mount will be special that night at the same time. No, Will. And again, going back to my play for the shirt emotive train yeah. of thought, it's a proper, proper cup weekend. And that's what you want. And hopefully, as you say, it can be promoted. You know, I know there's been a lot extra.ie have done a few promo videos and they've tried to build that hype as well. But to have it on a, on a day that people will go to matches, you know, not... You know, treat it with the respect it deserves, and because the matches will will make it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. You're guaranteed you're going to have a feisty encounter, an intense affair, and whatever other cliche you can throw into mm-hmm. the mix with that as well. And to see Rovers and Bows, and you know, for Rovers fans as well, a lot of their fans will want a cup victory, maybe on more than a league victory because oh, it's no, been so absolutely, long. Absolutely, you know, you know what I mean. Know, so and, um, I think the showgrounds as well. I'd love to be at if Crumlin do um, get beaten by Bows. I'll definitely try to go to both games. Yeah, because um, I, I love the showgrounds. Sligo, proper proper football town. They're yeah. doing great work off the pitch. Um, and you know, if if they can rattle Dundalk a little bit, it's going to be you know it, it is looking increasingly like a Bows Rovers final. But be careful what you wish for and all yeah. of that. Um, before all of that though, we have um, you know a cracking uh, EA Sports Cup final at Brandywell uh, at the weekend, and you spoke to Declan Devine. I did indeed. Declan was in, in great form, in great form, as always. Anytime I chat yeah. to him, he's, he's a lovely Very likeable character. Yeah, very much so. Do people do warm to you though? I've seen you doing the interviews. There's a kind of a natural just you Some have people that, air, that air about you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I try my best, John. You do? I try my best. Man yeah. of the people. Man, Man of, the, of people. the people. And uh, this interview was obviously in, a, in um, it was Ayers' launch of the football season ahead, in which Jack Byrne, in fairness to Jack, you know, he could have. Could have enjoyed himself, you know, had a had a couple of beers and whatever. Yeah. But, but he, he was, was still buzzing. He was he, still buzzing. He, he did Big tell me that. Yeah, yeah, he was jumping around. I think literally, actually, he was being interviewed by another broadcaster after the match and he was literally bouncing before yeah. the interview started. So He was saying, I actually don't really remember much of the game. It was a bit of a blur. And this was immediately afterwards. Uh, big fans of Jack Byrne here, but also big fans of Decky Devine. And here he was speaking to Shane before the EA Sports Cup final, uh, which will be live in air sports between Derry City and Dundalk. I'm extremely proud to manage the club that I grew up supporting, grew up and played for and, and obviously managing before and having a relatively successful time. So it's, it's an honour, as I've always said, it's an honour. But it's hard work and it's, uh, there's, a lot, there's a lot of work needs to go into it. But we're very pleased how it started off. But it is very much a start and we're fully appreciative that there's a lot of hard work ahead. But Having the cup final on the Brandywell this Saturday night is a fantastic thing for us. It's, it's, it's something that we can hopefully reward our fans who have got behind us. But it is, it's enjoyable, it's very enjoyable, but more importantly, it's, it's, it's such a huge chunk of your life to do a job that means so much to you. You mentioned the cup final in the Ryan McBride Brandywell Stadium on Saturday. How big an advantage will that be to have a packed out Brandywell and a packed out Derry City supporters behind Well, you? hopefully it's an advantage. We know we're under no illusions we're playing such a successful side and such a talented side. But, you know, over the years, the Brandywell is, has, has a lot of memories when that stadium's full and it's, it's bouncing and it's rocking. It, it certainly can be an intimidating atmosphere, but it also is a, a place where you know, we, we can get our people right behind us. Um, but for us to enable to get our people behind us, we must perform. And that is ultimately what it's about. We have got to give our people something to shout about. We've got to stay in the game and make sure that we are well in the game. And if we can do that, then the, the rapport between the players and the supporters over the course of this season has been fantastic. And, and the players have to produce as well to get that rapport with the players. And they've done that over a long period of time this year. So we're really looking forward to it. The people have, have come out in their numbers, there isn't a ticket left. 
and you know it has a special special place whenever whenever it's full you've had some highs with Derry you've had some tragic lows with Derry as well what would it mean to you personally to bring silverware back to Derry on Saturday and what would it mean to the club it would mean everything to me personally I've I've been in three cup finals as a manager three years this has been my third cup final I've lost the Satanta Cup on penalties to Crusaders I've won an FAI Cup in extra time against St Pat's you know but I've never experienced a cup final as a manager in the Brandywell um, against the best team in the country. So it would mean everything. It would mean everything for me personally. It would mean everything for my family. But more importantly, it would mean everything for me, for the backroom team that I have at the club. It would mean everything for the players that we've bought, that have bought under what we're trying to achieve. When I'm trying to sell players a dream in January, when we had four signed players, we told them we wanted to be successful. Players have bought under that on a blind basis in terms of not knowing who we were going to recruit or who we were going to bring to the club. So for those people and the support that is really galvanised behind us as a group of people this year, I would really love to take that trophy and the town on, on Saturday night and show people that we are taking small steps to, to getting Derry City back to the top levels of Irish football. You're too young to remember a time when there was very little League of Ireland coverage on TV yeah. and we take it for granted now that we've all these live games. We'll have build-up from 7.30 on, on Saturday night for um, a, ro a rock and Brandywell and um, I obviously can't um, thank Air enough. Uh, I, I work for Air once a week doing this podcast. On behalf of all League of Ireland fans, we're absolutely blessed to have this coverage and we also have Air putting in um, you know, a lot of effort. I, I, I watch Soccer Republic, obviously, on, on Monday night and... Um, you know, I spoke to a few people about that since without, you know, obviously getting into it. The effort that Air is putting in at the moment and you, you got you get to do these lovely interviews and the passion of Decky Divine there, it really shines through and um there's all this talk of Dublin and the five in a row, the three and the, the, treble. the treble. Um, you know, the, tell us about the you know, what that would mean as well, because it's like this is thirty years since it was yeah. achieved by Derry City. Yeah. It's I suppose a coincidence how how the fixtures are falling. So yeah, thirty years. So Dundalk going for the treble, only time to be done thirty years ago, big Jim McLaughlin for Derry. Um, who done it in the 88-89 season and ironically Derry beat Dundalk in the League Cup and that's what really kick-started Derry City's love affair with, with the League Cup 11 titles now they're going for 12 the, the most of any club in the island and you know Declan actually I, I did say it to, to Declan in an interview and he said uh, you know, someone's going to do the treble so if Dundalk do it I'm going to be delighted for Vinny and the lads and, and fair play to them but Declan, you know, he is no, there we are underdogs going into this, but it is a packed out brandy well and it is going to be rocking, as you say, and that, that may give that extra bit of edge to it and that might push them over the line. Personally, I can't see anyone but Dundalk winning the match. Having said that, though, any time the teams have played this season, over 90 minutes has been a draw. It took extra time for the FAI Cup, so that might be a bit of extra motivation for, for Derry as well. But what Declan his passion comes across so well and you know he, he embodies what Derry City is about you know he, he said it at the first question I said to him how was your second coming as, as Derry City manager I was like well a lot done more to do but to get back to managing a club that I grew up supporting you know he's a genuine love for it and you know that comes across and he, he, he's frustrated I suppose at times as well that he can't attract all the players that he wants and he can't keep the players that he wants because of geographical um, bases and whatnot. So the, the weakness of the Sterling as well yeah, is not a help. It's going to kill them. You know, people it's going to kill them. And there's uncertainty you know, there as well. Like, and he, he made reference, I think there he played Bowles live in Air Sport and I was chatting to him, he, he signed 20 new players. So it's kind of a start from scratch. So mm. he's done brilliant and it wouldn't be a win for Derry, it wouldn't be a win for Declan, it would be a win for Declan Devine, for Kevin Deary, for Paddy McCourt and for all the fans that are there and for everyone who's put so much into the club and like Decky's, you know, he does. He, he goes on about the passion and all that, and how much it means to Derry. But you should never forget, like Josh Daniels, you know, his family, the tragedy, the ex uh, Derry City player Mark Farren, and then you know the 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 one that I suppose dare not speak its name, losing your captain uh, in the manner that they did, and yeah. um, it's a city that has suffered so much tragedy on so many levels, and um. I always think we, we, we don't really appreciate it because we're not from a city like Derry, what, what they've gone through. But it'll be rocking on, on Saturday night. We'll have Shane Supple and Paul Curry as well, the deadly duo, and uh, really looking forward to it. The other games as well um, this weekend, Bohemians against Waterford. Could Stephen O'Donnell have wished for a softer landing into the, into the job? UCD at home followed after 
playing against Finn Harps away. Um, Sligo Rovers against Finn Harps, obviously a big, big game as well. Uh, if Harps, Harps kind of need to win that to keep up a bit of pressure on Cork City, who are seven points ahead of them. But we're not really here to talk about that. We're here to talk about the first division. And before I do, I want to mention uh, my own club, Go United. Um, Terryland Park was a special place last Friday. We lost the game, yep. but um, Alan Murphy and his team, the first half Rovers barely had a shot on target. And if they had, they'd have one or two um you know, going United played very deep with a team of kids, um, a couple of signings that are basically on very little money, and had Rovers really, really, you know, a little bit worried. I think second half, yeah. and Lee Grace and Aaron Green, both former going United players, scoring against, but Lee Grace celebrated like they had won the cup final. Um, Rovers fans, good. That, that's good to see. Former Absolutely. players, former players. I, I actually Aaron messaged club. him about it on Twitter afterwards. He said, "To be honest, I just lost one of myself because <laughs> it was the motion of scoring a goal and all that." Rovers fans had a dig at me because they celebrated scoring against a goal because. I had to pop them um, but I was actually having to pop more um, at their bench and players for thinking that beating Bowes was such a big deal when they really should be doing it a lot more routinely but the Rovers fans apparently had a great time in Galway they, they made great noise last last minute pitch invasion last minute pitch invasion all that not ideal sorry, but to, sorry to get the dig in John. something about Dublin clubs last minute winners against against uh, Galway I believe first, first match of the first division season there was a bit of a mini pitch invasion from Shells fans yeah there well. was 2-0 uh, 2-0 nil, nil up lost 3-2 um, uh, so in, in any event we, you know, going out lost the game, but it was a great night, and people really looking forward to next season. And um, should also mention before I forget, we did have St. Patrick's Athletic on to us about the timing of Stephen O'Donnell's press conference. And um, I've my suspicions that Stephen O'Donnell wanted that at a time when nobody reported it because he probably wants things to be very low key. But um, we also had Pat Andrews about the work they're doing the community, and um, we we definitely take that on board as well. And hopefully things work out for Pat's because Dublin Eight is such a big area. Yeah. I was um, actually saying to Stephen recently. Dublin 8 spans from like Portobello way out to Inchy Core um, you know it's a huge area and they have a massive catchment area there yeah no there is there's a massive catchment area and you know Pats is historically they're, you know they're a traditional club they're an, an old Dublin institution that you know if I take my shelving cap off and put my journalistic impartial hat on you know you want to see them doing well you want to see them thriving as well and you want to see them you know progress and hopefully like Steve O'Donnell's a great lad as well and hopefully it, it goes well for him Slight bit of a gamble, maybe you know, because he's he's young, but and unproven. But at the same time, so throw him in, you know, let him let him sink or swim and, and see how he gets on. That's a like going up to Finn Harps there and grinding out a victory after going one down as well. That's you know, it's a tough place to go to. So it's you know, there, there are signs of positivity there, but I think it's more say see out the season now start from scratch next year and see see how he gets on. Yeah, just as mentioned as well, um, Jacob Borg, who was um, called out as having made a horrendous mistake, and Connor Clifford for having made a bad mistake in, in that report on Soccer Republic. Um, I think they deserve something of a right of reply because that simply didn't happen in either uh, instance. Um, just on Pats, I think Richmond Park is a big stumbling block for their development at this stage, unless they can do it up, which I don't think they can. They've no kind of proper, you know, um, they've no bar in the ground, which I think has helped, um, you know, bows hugely. What about Shells? Like, where do you stand on the whole um, Tolka Park thing? Uh, my mate Julian Canny uh, has an idea that Shelburne should be back playing in Rings End where they were formed. Uh, yeah. It should be playing. I think the dog dog racing could well be dead in 10 years if Shelburne Park was somewhere developed into a stadium or Irish town. That I think location wise would be great. Um, but where do you stand on the whole Daily Mount Tolka thing? Um, I think it's very difficult to turn down a top class facility and turn down you know, a ground that in theory is going to be 50-50 and turn down, you know, a bar, a nice pitch, a nice stand, running water in the toilets, floodlights that work, that Talca Park doesn't always, you know, ensure. So it is very difficult to turn that down because it's it's being marketed as, as such a good move. But for Shelburne fans, I think there is a massive fear, um, one of which I definitely take on board and probably veer a bit towards it, that... Going to Fisborough could kill the club in terms of you're not going to attract new fans. As much as you can say half the ground is shells and half the ground is bows, we're going to have a bar there and a bar there, red and white seats there, red and black seats there, shelving graffiti on one side, bows, murals on the other side. And you can say it's it's a not owned by either club. Fisborough is bows, and bows have done immaculate work in marketing themselves around Fisborough and around that Dublin 7 area and making it their own and it's the home of Irish football Daily Mount Park so a lot of people will associate with, with old Irish matches but for the vast majority they'll associate it with Bows. Shell's catchment area is along the Dart line 
you know, going out towards Rohini, Kilbarrick, Harmonstown, and also Santry, uh, and maybe further North County, Dublin. When Shells played Sporting Fingal a few years ago in Morton Stadium, it was nearly packed out. You know, there, there was a real kind of new life there. Shells aren't going to build a new ground. So I think the only option is is, is if Daily Mount does happen. Now, whether it does happen or not, I suppose, is a, is a whole different part, a whole different discussion, because... In theory, Bowes are meant to come to Talca Park. So if Bowes come to Talca Park and then the council, the FEI, put a few grand into doing up the floodlights, doing up a stand and making it worthy of, of Premier Division facilities, which hopefully they will next season if, if Shells get up to the Premier Division, then you're kind of thinking, well, hold on, Talca Park's getting done up a bit now. So wh- why why do we have to move? Like, everyone says that it's, it's a foregone conclusion, but I think it, it, there's so many changes within the FEI. There's so many changes with people lobbying it from the government as well that who knows what will happen. I think it's far from a foregone conclusion. There's been a lot of um, worrying silence about this development yeah. in Daily Mount as well. I, I, I completely agree with you. I, I've never seen Shells as a team that has anything to do with the likes of Fibsborough. I no. know it's just, you know, the North Circle Road yeah. maybe devices from Condra. Um, like historically, I, we're from Irishtown. We're from yeah. Rings End. And, you know, we could go back there in a, in a dream world. But but I don't think that's where, where Shelburne is now. Shelburne yeah. is more north and you have to go mm. further, Santry, um, that kind of area. Like, I'd love there was pitches up by Whitehall. You know, if you could go to a greenfield site by Whitehall Column Kills, I'd love to take that mm. ground. Or... Morton Stadium even was always an option. Whitehall uh, or Home Farm even was was an option as well. That was was voted down. As far as I think the Shells board as goes, and you know any any time there's there's talk with that, it's it's daily mounted nowhere because that's the only feasible option at the moment. Yeah. But you know, Shells fans have protested about it in the past with, with daily mount because there's justified fears. You know, you move to there, you run the risk of losing one of the oldest clubs in Dublin with one of the most passionate fan bases and. You know, it's it's scary the thought that for Shells to go there to support a club in Daly Mount is it's grim at times. Yeah, that's interesting stuff. Um, you know, I, I'd actually like to get some reaction from Shells fans on Twitter about the move um, because I know a lot of you have reservations about it. You certainly have reservations about the fact that you may not finish top of the table this year. Somehow, Drawdy United basically should win the league, barring Shelburne absolutely battering Limerick in their last game. Um, Shelburne against Drawdy United, uh, my first trip to Hunky Dory's Park. If, is that what it's called now? Just, just United, United Park. Park. Yeah, back to yeah. United Park. I've, I've kind of a soft spot for United Park. It's an absolute kip at this stage, but yeah. there's still a great atmosphere in it. And the yeah. way stand that you'll be in on Friday night will be rocking. It will. Um, you 500 know, or 600, I believe, is the, the yeah. official capacity. Sold out. Um, this is going to be a great occasion. Obviously, the goal difference is plus uh, six. six for Drogheda. Fair play to them. They've hockeyed a few teams this season, and it could well matter um, because basically they should win the league if they beat Shells. And... I met Ian Morris at the um, Switzerland game and I had a bit of a jibe that they bottled it and they're this and that and I think everything's under control but Drogheda are on a great run. They Drogheda are on a great run and if Shelburne were to throw it away it would be peak Shelburne. I think Shells <laughs> oh, fans... Oh no. no, you're a Shells fan. No, it would. It would. I've, I've not been overly pessimistic. It's we, we our, our record of last minute goals conceded and just throwing away leads is... Oh, it's second to none but... Hopefully, hopefully they do it. My my biggest concern would be there's been a bit of talk, a bit of outside noise that the occasion got to them in Tolka for the Shells Bray match, and you know there was a couple of chances near the end. I think Karen Kilduff missed a sitter, and there was a few and a few lads that the occasion got to them. If Did that you celebrate to them, too much by the Longford win? Um, posing with the fans in some service station and all that stuff. Listen, if fans bump in to a team uh, by coincidence in a petrol station after after a big win like and it was a big win like mm. that, I think the celebrations are justified. Um, you know, you want to you have to enjoy yourself. You know, the Shelburne fans are just enjoying themselves, and it was just more of a people may have got caught up in the moment more than anything else, and and it was a big victory. But you know, I'd be I'd be worried. Worried going up to United Park as well um, that the sense of occasion may get to a few people. But having said that, we get a draw. You know, it's it's still in our hands. You know, it's it's still all to play for as well. But uh, I'm not sure really. You know how to go because it's just what Shelburne team shows up 
Um, and Drogheda are kind of the, the form team as such as well, and they've done really well. Tim Clancy's done an excellent job. Signed another, the, the, the lads, Kev and Tim, uh, Kev Doherty, two-year contract yep. with uh, Drogheda, and two young coaches as well, which is great. Like, I think we we focus on, you know, the young players of the league, but the young coaches coming yep. through as well. And just to mention as well, th- this is obviously the whole narrative, really, the Drogheda Shells game, but Longford are waiting in the wings, kind of hoping that Drogheda might, might lose the game, and Longford could still um, feasibly finish second. Um, and Cabin Teeley, obviously, hoping to ensure that they finish at the very least fourth um, by beating at Lone Town. It's Cavan Teeley at Lone, Drogheda Shelburne, Galway United Cove Ramblers, um, Limerick versus Wexford and uh, Longford Town versus Bray Wanderers uh, on Saturday night, which again is, is, a, is a big game in terms of what's going on um, in the division, but it's it's going to be a very exciting finale and uh, obviously in the on Sunday in the FAI Cup, it's Crumlin versus Bowes, um, which is a huge occasion for Crumlin. We wish them all the very best. We have some some uh, Premier Division fixtures as well, Pats v UCD and Sligo Rovers v Finn Harps uh, Shane your debut on the show yes very yeah. very much enjoyable yeah you it's know. um I don't know it's, it's a good dynamic you and Johnny are you and Dan have you know so I didn't want to um impinge on it too much didn't mm. want to, to shout over you guys guys too much and I hope I was very impartial and yeah, well, you're a lot more reverential towards me than he is, which has made it a lot more enjoyable for me. But um, it's been, it's been a pleasure, John. Yeah, um, probably see you on on Friday night. Yeah, you you might you might I'll be um I'll be in the wasteland mm. um with, with five or five or six hundred other very well behaved Shelburne fans. Hopefully, uh, hopefully celebrating a promotion. But we'll see what happens. Place will be rocking, and um, hopefully the uh you know the the time is good for Irish football. I think things are definitely on the up. We should mention the Alan Bennett testimony as well uh, at Turner's Cross, which is the Saturday, the fourteenth of September, um, which is obviously Saturday upcoming, and a percentage of the monies raised from the game will be donated to the Samaritans in Cork, with a contribution also going to the Cork City FC Academy, where Bennett is part of Dave Moore's under thirteen management team. Admission to the game will be ten euro for adults, fiver for senior citizens and under eighteen with family tickets two adults and two children available for a score tickets are now on sale from the club shop and through Eventbrite it's Cork City Legends versus uh, current players and the Cork City Legends team includes Damien Delaney uh, Dave Barry Declan Daly Derek Collin, uh, Keel Campion John O'Flynn some good names Big there. Dan Murray Big Dan Murray is John Caulfield playing? Maybe he isn't. We we don't know. Possibly. He's, we Wait don't and have, see. It could be a special guest on the day. Yeah, we don't have a we don't have a full list of um, no no place for Jason KB as well, who is um, <laughs> if not a Cork City legend, um, certainly. By the way, before we we wrap up, Jay's KB and Denzel. Yeah, and Denzel. Den- what a name. Denzel Fernandez. Denzel Fernandez. You, you just knew that he was going to be good. Yeah. Now, having said that, Shells have had Davy De Silva, Max Cream, a few cult heroes <laughs> in, the, in 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 the past that haven't gone so well. So I know. do like the kid Cabia. Yes, I've good. seen him a few times. I thought he's brilliant against Some both. Pace. Some and just pace. he's he's a shell of a guy at this stage. He's so much physical growing yeah. to do and gym work and all that. And uh, there's another lad as well, Shane Farrell. Who again? Yeah, he's very slight, game. but mm. you know he's one to watch as well. The 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 fingless Messi. Where do you celebrate on Friday if it all goes well? Uh, Johnny, I, I curtail my celebrations because I'll be up at the EA Sports Cup final uh, in my professional capacity. So on, on where, where do you celebrate? Uh, possibly in Talca Park. We'll see. There, there might be a bit of a late license. Who knows? Yeah, hopefully all above board league. <laughs> it's on, it's only, only down the road. Uh, thanks, William, for coming in. Appreciate it, Johnny. Thanks Thank, for having me. Thanks everyone for listening. But there are limits to your life.